resurrection is the single most event in history that changed everything. Changed everything for you. Changed everything for me. And it changed everything for everyone that will come after us. It was that powerful of an event. The resurrection is something that that has shaped the church, has shaped nations to be what they are today. And that's what we celebrate today. We are celebrating the power of our Savior dying, but not staying in the tomb, but being resurrected. And so if you're, if you're like me, you like interesting facts, how many of you, your brain just retains interesting facts that you pull out at party anytime? Um, people get mad at me all the time. I'm like, how do you know you're right? I'm like, Google it. And they Google it, and they're like, dang it, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know. My brain just weird stuff like that. And so this morning, I've got five interesting facts about the resurrection to kick off this, this message for you. So if you're headed to an Easter party, you can throw these out in conversation Unless everybody at your Easter party is here, uh, then there's really not a whole lot I can do for you. Um, Maybe write them down, use them next year. I don't know. They'll probably forget. So here's five interesting Easter facts, resurrection facts, excuse me. Number one, there were more than 500 witnesses of Jesus after he was resurrected. You can find that in 1 Corinthians 5, 15, excuse me, 3 through 6. 500. Now that was just talking about the men. It was probably more like 1,500 because it didn't include the women and the children. The second, the rolled away stone is important. The stone that was rolled away in the tomb was probably about two tons. Now we're in Texas. So here's how I'm going to relate two tons to you. Okay, Go out of the parking lot, you see big old trucks. You know what I'm talking about? The one with the two wheels in the back. When you start them up, they go, bad, 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 those. You know what I'm talking about? A couple of you. Okay. Two of those big trucks together is two tons. And that was rolled away by one person. Third interesting fact, the resurrection was prophesied. Not only was it foretold in the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, 8 through 10, it was also spoken by Jesus, his entire ministry. He told his disciples the whole time, I'm coming back. Don't worry, I'm coming back. In fact, fact, he told them the night before he died that he was coming back. The fourth interesting fact, it was a bodily resurrection. There is no body of Jesus. No body of Jesus can be found. You can visit his tomb, but he's not there. What's interesting about that is every other religion in the world You can visit the site that the leader of that religion was buried. But you can't of ours. There is no site like that because Jesus is not in his tomb. Jesus is ruling and reigning in heaven. Yeah, get excited. That's okay. And the fifth and final interesting fact is the resurrection was just the beginning. The resurrection was just the beginning. In fact... Jesus was on this earth 40 more days before he ascended into heaven because he had to prepare the disciples for what was to come. He took a bunch of men that were running scared to build the church and he had to prepare them 
And so that's what we're talking about. The resurrection brings power in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27. We're going to jump all over the place today. Try to stay up with me if you can. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Go to your, your phone. Uh, download the Uversion app or type in Bible into whatever app store you have. Uh, and you can uh, Bible, just type in Bible. That should be the first thing that comes up. You can find our notes on the Uversion app as well, and you can follow along. Today is the first sermon in a five-week series called Empowered. We're talking about how do we take the power of God and empower our lives. Guys, do you want more of God's power in your lives? Then stick with us these next five weeks because we're going to talk about how we take the Holy Spirit, the power of God that dwells on this earth, and empower our lives to live with Him. Our theme verse for this is in Matthew 3.11. This is actually John the Baptist speaking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worried to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How many of you want the fire of God in your life this morning? Man, I want God, I want to be on fire for God this morning. So, the resurrection of Jesus was the single most event that gave us power and purpose. Guys, what we have to understand is the resurrection doesn't just stop by giving us a hope for the future. Yes, that's the primary thing. The primary thing is that Jesus showed us that we would not have to die, but one day we would be with him in heaven. But the resurrection also, the death of Jesus also made us, gave us power and gave us purpose. And without that power and purpose, we would not be able to live our lives in the ways that we do now. So this Easter Sunday morning, the title of my message is Resurrection Power. How do we have some of that resurrection power in our lives? So my first point this morning is with his death, we are now empowered spiritually. With the death of Jesus, we are now empowered spiritually. So Matthew 27 told you to turn there. Verse 50, let's read. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He passed away on the cross. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him kept watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what had took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Now, there are a couple cool things happening as right as Jesus dies that kind of shakes the spirit realm here. The death of Jesus not only caused death in his physical body, but it, it kind of shook up the spiritual world as it happened. The first thing that happened was the veil in the temple was torn. Why is that significant? If you know anything about the Old Testament temple, there was a place called the Holiest of Holies. Now, we believe, we believe in the Old Testament, the Old Testament uh, priests believe that in the holiest of holies is where the Spirit of God dwelled. Now, we know that as the Holy Spirit actually dwelled in the holiest of holies. So on the Day of Atonement, the priests would have to go through a ritual 
sacrifice, ritual cleansing, to cleanse themselves of all their sins so that they could walk into the holiest of holies and make atonement for the sins of the nations of Israel. Now they'd have to make sure they got rid of all their sins because if they walked into the holiest of holies and something was off in their life, what would happen? Die instantly. So imagine this scene. Every time a priest would go in, they'd tie a rope around his waist. And they'd go, hey, and he'd probably go, hey, what's the rope for? Just in case. Just in case. Nope, don't worry about it. Just in case you stump your toe and say a bad word on the way of the holies to holies and God knocks you out, we don't have to smell your dead body in there. We'll just pull you back in. <laughs> How comforting would that be? It's like, me, I'll go. <laughs> and so what was interesting is with the death of Jesus, the veil was torn. So since the veil was torn, it's showing us that the separation between us and the Spirit of God is no longer there. Did you know that the Spirit of God is present and available for you at every moment? Did you know that God was dwelling in this place long before anyone got here this morning? Did you know that God was dwelling in your room long before you woke up this morning? You know, a lot of people tell me, Pastor Van, ooh, I really felt the Spirit this morning. Now, this isn't me judging you. I, I know what you mean when you say that. You, you just felt it this morning, and that's good. But here's the thing. There's nothing magical about the worship instruments that the band plays. They do a great job. But the Spirit of God was already here. You're just allowing Him to come alive in your heart. The question is, will you acknowledge His presence? And so don't say to me, Pastor, well, I just didn't, I just didn't feel the Spirit today. Whose fault is that? Jurors, he was already here, has already been here. He was in your room when you woke up, and he's going to be with you everywhere you go today because the veil was torn for us. The second thing that happened um, was the death of Jesus so shook the physical realm as well that people that were dead, that were saints, that believed in Jesus were brought back to life. Now, how interesting would that be that the death of Jesus actually brought people to life? Now, if you don't think the Bible has a sense of humor, it could have stopped there. Just said those that had died in Christ were brought back to life. But what it says is, is they actually went into the holy city and appeared to many. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, just think through that for a little bit. They've been dead a long time. Okay, so their clothes were probably mostly gone. And they're walking around the city. Those people that you thought were dead are now arriving at your front door. Think if some, a loved one that you had that passed away a while back just showed up at your front door. You'd be like, what? What just happened here? Sounds like an episode of The Walking Dead. You're like, what is that show? Y'all too scared to acknowledge you like The Walking Dead in church. Don't lie. The Spirit of God is here. He sees. But he's like, I'll just have to go home and look it up on Netflix. I've never heard of this show, Walking Dead. Anyway, so just imagine. Imagine what it was like. These people that were dead, walking around, proclaiming the goodness of God. That's how much the death of Jesus shook the world. And so the death of Jesus not only made a way for us to have life, but it also gave us power. 
You can go and you can share that on your Facebook uh, if you want to. You can actually share it straight from the YouVersion app uh, and tell all your friends Happy Easter because through the death of Jesus, through Easter, we all have power. We have the Holy Spirit to take with us everywhere we go, and that Holy Spirit gives us power. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's go to point two. Point two is physical death gave spiritual life. Flip over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Physical death gave spiritual life. John chapter 20, verse 4. Both of them were running together. They're running to the tomb. They heard Jesus had risen from the dead. But the other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying there with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. How many of you guys have ever been into a, a restaurant, a nice enough restaurant, that when you walked in and you sat down, they actually came, grabbed the napkin from the table in front of you, and put it in your lap? It's actually quite startling because you sit down, you're like, ah, oh, you're, you're looking at the menu, then whew, there's a hand in your lap. You're like, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 calm down here, okay? It's startling at first, uh, and, and after you, hopefully, some of you are, are, you startle you so much, you might punch the waiter. So just if, if there's a folded napkin in front of you, just be prepared. But what they do is they put it in your lap. But if you ever get up, you know, we just, we just crumple it up. Us dudes do that. You ladies are probably a little nicer with it. But us dudes just throw it on the table and go to the bathroom, right? What the waiter will do, he'll come up behind you. He'll fold it all nice and set it back on the table. And what is he doing there? What he's doing is he's showing the rest of the servers and the bussers, he's showing them that you're not done. You're coming back. And so what Jesus is doing with his burial clothes, he folded them up and laid them down. He's saying to you, I'm not done. I'm coming back. And that's what we have to understand. Jesus is not done. The resurrection was not it. He's coming back. For each and every one of us. One day he'll come back to get us. And so the return of Jesus should give us hope for our future. Do you have hope for your future? Through the death of Jesus, we have hope. Through the death of Jesus, we have life. That no matter what we have done, he can bring life in us. So let's go to my last point. Flip over to Acts chapter 1. That's where I'm going to land the plane today. Acts chapter 1. My third point is, God wants us to wait on Him and His timing. God wants us to wait on Him and His tithing and His timing. So, we had His death. He brought us power. Then His physical death brought us spiritual life. And the third, God wants us to wait on Him and His tithing. Let's read Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus telling the disciples, his resurrected Jesus. He told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now these are a bunch of men that had just got done 40 days before this. 
running scared like a bunch of sissies because their leader had been put to death. In fact, Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times. And what Jesus instructed them to do is he instructed them to wait, to not leave this place until they receive the power they need to do the ministry that God has called them to do. Because once these disciples, once Peter received the power that God was talking about, he went and preached his first sermon. How many people have seen people preach their first sermons? Unless they're stellar, they're pretty rough. They're pretty rough. Preaching is an art form and it's not easy. People, people think that you can get up here and just say a bunch of things and it's awesome. No, it's, it's kind of an art form and it's not really easy. But Peter preached his first sermon and 5,000 people were saved. Why? Because he waited and received power. And so guys, what we have to understand is we can't lead before men unless we kneel and allow God's spirit to empower us for the ministry that we have to do. You know, this reminded me of a story because the disciples here were in the upper room. This reminded me of an upper room experience I had. I was in Midland, Texas. How many fans? Midland, Texas fans. One. You know where it is, fans? You're a fan? Okay. Any other fans? Okay. Between about five. You love it? Okay. So about 500 people, five people are fans. Okay. Awesome. My wife is not one. You can pray for her. Um. She was not a fan of men. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, all the food you can eat, all the movies you can watch. I mean, what else do you need? I mean, it's, it does smell funky. Uh, I mean, it's hot during the day, cool at night. No allergies because everything's dead. I mean, you, all you got sand and tumbleweed. Wasn't too bad. Uh, so I got asked to lead worship at a men's retreat. Now, this men's retreat was in Stanton. Do you know where Stanton is? A bunch of windmills. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, Stanton. Uh, and my instruction for this first service in the first night, we were actually up in an upper room chapel. Uh, I think they kind of designed it this way. But the end of this was he said, okay, I'm going to land the plane by telling them to repent for their sins. And I just want you to play as long as they need it. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's Midland. There's a lot of roughnecks there. These are the rough, roughest, toughest dudes you're probably going to meet. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll probably get through one song. He'll shut me down and we'll go on. So he, he lands the plane. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing my good worship leader thing. Give him the dee, 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 behind it. You'll hear it in a minute. They'll do it for me. Uh, you know, giving him the, the, the nice little mood music behind it. Uh, and he lands the plane. Then I start singing. And I close my eyes because I'm ADD. So I got to worship with my eyes closed. Uh, that's just the way I do it. Uh, and, and. I get to the, I'm starting to land the plane on the first song, and I open my eyes, everyone in the room is on their knees bawling. And I'm like, dang. The Spirit of the Lord has fallen in this place. So, so what do I do? Close my eyes, play another song. Look up, they're still on the ground crying, okay? The service, the service ended at 10 p.m. I played till midnight. Midnight. And some of these dudes weren't even done at midnight. They stayed after I left. And the, the, I think the, 
the guy that was leading the, the retreat felt bad for me because my fingers were bleeding. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. They weren't bleeding, but they were pretty close. Uh, he felt bad for me. He just said, you know, I know you're worn out. Just, just, just go ahead on. And uh, what was cool was I got, that was one time that I felt the presence of God just with a group of men that were just worshiping him. We didn't have to have an agenda. We didn't have to have anything going on. But these men were kneeling at the feet of Jesus. And so what we have to understand, before we can change the world, we must sit at his feet and learn from him. Before you can change the world, you must learn from the master. And that's what he's telling them to do. He's telling them to stop and wait because the power is coming. Now, guys, if you got plans next week, cancel them. The power is coming next week. We're going to talk all about the power. And so I have a feeling I'm going to sing the song. I got the power. I just feel it coming. I mean, I just preparing you for it so you just might get ready but we're gonna we're gonna bring the power so if you want some of that power come next week it's gonna be good so what does this mean for us what does this mean for you in your life today if you're if you're new with us here at hope church i always try to try to give you three questions uh, to challenge you throughout the week the first question is this do you need jesus to tear the veil in your life today do you need jesus to tear the veil in your life today now what do i mean by that The veil separated the people of Israel from the Spirit of God. We have that veil in our lives today, but that veil is sin. Jesus made a way for us on the cross, but we have to accept His forgiveness. We have to accept Him as our Savior. He has to tear that veil in our lives. Because, guys, let's face it, look around the room. There's no one here that's perfect. None of us are perfect, including me. We all need the forgiveness of Jesus in our life daily. And we're born that way. We're born into sin. You didn't have to teach your kids how to lie. If they have a cookie in their hands and you say, where'd you get that cookie? They say, I don't know. You respond with, wow, we have a magician. He wanted a cookie. He made it appear in his hand. We must take this on the road. Sell tickets. We all know he was lying, right? But I didn't have to teach him to lie. He already knew how to do it. Because we have that sinful nature. And if you were here last week, or was two weeks ago, it was two weeks ago, I talked about we all have a curse. The curse is sin. And we have that curse in our lives whether we want to admit it or not. But here's the thing. It's Easter Sunday. Jesus tore that veil for us. Now, if you've never had a relationship with him, He can tear that veil. But guys, let's face it. I know there's some people here today that maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you're just here on Easter Sunday because that's what you do. You come to church on Easter Sunday. But guys, what God is telling you is, is you've built this wall up. You've built this wall up and he wants to break it down in your life today. He wants to break down that wall so that you can get plugged in to a church that can empower you to live your life, empower you to change what's going on in your situation. But God can do that today. Whether you've never known Him before or whether you need to place your trust in Him again, He can break down that wall. Number two, second question. Are you prepared for His return? He's coming back. He's coming back for those who choose Him. 
And by those who choose him, I mean those that have a relationship with him. And guys, it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we get to be with Jesus in the end times. So if you are an end time scholar, that means we get to fight the battle of Armageddon with Jesus. Okay, this is what I think of when I sit in my office by myself and study for things like this. Uh, Or really just study Revelation uh, because I didn't. This is not in the notes, but I think of the battle of Armageddon. I'm getting on my horse, riding and cutting off the heads of all the evil ones. Satan and all his demons winning the fight with Jesus in the battle of Armageddon. Does that get you guys excited? <laughs> Say, they can take our lives, but they cannot take our freedom, right? I'm going to say it. You'll be there, hopefully, Ethan. Maybe. You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Here in just a minute, come down and pray with one of our pastors, okay? Um, man, that's going to be fun. But, but you will be a part of that battle if... You choose Jesus. Now, I know some of you are like, I don't want to fight a battle. That's okay. You can watch. We'll have fun. Um, but the thing is, is Jesus has made a way for all of us. He has conquered evil for those who choose him. Last question. Last question for today. As the band comes back, do you want to be empowered today? Do you want to be empowered today? Do you want that power that we talk about to be bestowed in your life today? You know, the way that we receive that power is we have to have the veil torn. The veil has to be torn. Whether whether it's the sin in your life that you need to give over to Jesus, or maybe it's that wall that you've built up. Because guys, I know there's a lot of you here that, you know, you want to come to church. You do your best, you do your best to come to church, but Jesus is saying to you today, this is the place you need to be. This is a group of people that will love you. This is a group of people that we want to do life together. But I know some of you out there, what happened? There it goes. I know some of you, Justin getting punchy on the backboard. <laughs> it's like it was there, now it's not. <laughs> I know some of you out there today, you know, you think, what is a relationship with Jesus all about? I want this power that that he's talking about, but I don't know how to receive it. So guys, in just a minute, I'm going to walk you through how to receive that power in your life. And if you want to be one of the 17 other people that have chosen to be empowered by Jesus today, I want you to pray the prayer with me. But for those of you, those of you out there that you've accepted Jesus, maybe you've been running away from him for a little while, God can break down those walls in your life today. Stop running from him. Stop running from what he's called you to do because he's ready for you to be home. You know, like Gio talked about, God never gave up on him. God's never going to give up on you. You know, you you may run from him. You may may try to hide. But he's always going to be there for you, no matter what. So today, if you need to to recommit your life to Jesus, today's a good day to do that. You know, we've 
We've had a lot of great people stay with us that their first Sunday was Easter. They've been with us now for, what, five years? Dave came in his first Easter with a suit. I was like, this guy ain't coming back. We don't wear that many suits. Now I can't get rid of them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and Dave's one of many. But God wants to do something in your life today. So here in just a minute, we're going to pray. And if you want to receive that power that I'm talking about, I want you to pray with me. And I want you to receive that power. I'm going to go ahead and ask our, our prayer team if you want to come up. I've got some people stationed in the back. Ethan's going to come get saved up here at the front. I've got some people along the back walls. I'll be right here. In just a minute, guys, if you pray this prayer with me, I want you to come talk to one of us. We don't want to, we don't want to embarrass you. We don't want to parade you around in front of the church. We just want to celebrate with you and show you what the next steps are. Because these disciples, Jesus had to teach them the way to go before they could even go change the world. So we want to teach you the way so you can help us change the world. So let's pray. And if Jesus is tugging on your heart this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for the sacrifice you made for me on the cross. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to place my life in your hands. Be the Lord of my life. Make me a new creation. Help me to put my full trust in you today. In Jesus' name.